Hello, everyone. It's Nat. Welcome back to Innate the Podcast. I have not posted in so long. Honestly, this transition into this new lifestyle that the pandemic has kind of forced us all to kind of jump into without any preparation has been a little difficult for me. And um, I just have been honestly trying to get used to it all. And yeah, just trying to make that adjustment. And it's not easy. And I think a lot of us know that. So um, I was gonna post my first podcast episode back returning about my mental process and stuff and how that's been affected by this change and kind of open the conversation up to see how you guys are doing and how you guys are coping. But um, I felt that it was my duty as a white person to kind of use my voice on this platform, you know, starting back on everything. I think that it's up to me as a white person to make steps to use my voice for good and really draw attention to what's been going on recently in the news and in our political climate and just start to peel back the layers of white privilege. So this episode is going to be dedicated to mental health and dismantling white privilege. Um, and how that affects the black community. Because at the end of the day, all of this is affecting the mental health of the black community. And while I cannot speak on behalf of the black community because I will never know their experience as a white person, um, I can say just from being a decent human being and being aware of the mental health process that this is affecting them in so many different ways that us as white people will never understand. So it's up to us to start to work on that and to start to educate ourselves and to start to make ourselves more aware of the part that we play in perpetuating systemic racism. So that's why I'm here. And I hope that a lot of people who listen to my podcast, which are predominantly a lot of white people, will, um, you know, maybe start to think of these issues, especially centering around police brutality in a better light and to have a little bit more of an awareness of how corrupt our system is and how these things will continue to happen if we do not step up to the plate. So I just wanna kind of talk a little bit about why I'm so passionate about this before we get into um, what white privilege is, why systemic racism has been such a problem for such a long time. And there kind of are three reasons why I'm very passionate about this. Number one, I just feel like as an American citizen, I should be passionate about this. I should be an advocate for everyone. And that includes my black brothers and sisters. So um, I just feel like as long as I am alive and walking around, if there is any justice that needs to be served or any unfairness surrounding any community of people in our nation, it's up to me and really everybody to call attention to that and to call people out on that and to fix it. So that's the number one reason I would say. The second reason is, as everybody knows, or if you don't know, I am a hip hop dancer and choreographer and teacher. Um, A lot of my life revolves around hip hop and black culture. So if I'm going to be actively participating in that, listening to rap music, you know, having my style be influenced by streetwear and black culture and just being able to take part as a white person in black culture by participating and being interested in things that black culture has created it would be stupid of me to not speak out and use my voice because i'm so quick to attend rap and hip-hop concerts and to cheer on my black friends in moments of triumph that i have to come with that same energy when we see issues like police brutality and black citizens being killed at the hands of our own police force like it would be contradicting for me to not say anything so that's another reason why i'm here 
And three, I have so many people in my life that I love that are, are black and that are part of the black community. And I've heard so many of their stories and been around them as they have suffered at the hands of racism. And while they're not my stories to tell, that in itself, being able to sit by and just not be victim of racism because I am white, if, I if I'm not standing up for my friends that I love and that have had such an impact on my life, what am I doing? So that's my reasoning behind being so vocal about this stuff. And just overall, if you're a decent human being, it's not hard to see the discrepancies and the corruptness that's been going on in our country for years and years and years. But there's just so many different factors aside from those things that I just said that kind of light a fire under my ass to be so vocal about this kind of stuff. And it causes me to wonder why a lot of people aren't. And the first thing that comes to mind when I think about why people aren't vocal is because it's not directly affecting them. A lot of white people don't really have a lot of things to say about racial issues because it's not directly impacting them because they will never have to experience it. And that's where the ignorance comes into play. And I think it's super important that we all acknowledge that ignorance that we have carried at some point, because I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've been educated like this for my whole life, because I just haven't. I grew up in a very Southern racist area. And while there were a lot of people in my town that aren't racist, and thank God a lot of those people are my friends, but, um, a lot of people in my town are very racist. And when you grow up around racist people, it is taught. Racism and hate is taught. And while I always saw something wrong with that, it took me a, a while to understand the value that I have in using my voice and standing up and really calling people out on their bullshit. And um, now I'm definitely not afraid to do that, as you can see on my social media, as you can see just with the way that I speak about it in person, if you have the opportunity to have these conversations with me. So yeah, I just think that I have, as a white person, seen all angles of the ignorance, but also the acknowledgement of white privilege. Um, so I think that me speaking out on this and providing my opinion, I hope you guys know, is coming from a place of knowing all angles of this situation, but obviously supporting the fact that we should all be aware of our white privilege if we are white. Okay, so let's go ahead and just break down what white privilege is. So the actual definition of white privilege is inherent advantages possessed by a white person on the basis of their race in a society characterized by racial inequality and injustice. Now, a lot of people think that white privilege does not exist. And I really, really hope that by this point and all of the crazy stuff that's been happening in the media that you can obviously acknowledge that that's a lie. Um, there are so many different examples of white privilege, um, but one of the main ones that I can use just based off of what's been going on in the media is how black people literally have to fear for their lives when they get pulled over by police because of the crazy amount of ignorance and malice the police has enforced onto the black community because of all of the accounts of police brutality that have happened over history. White privilege is knowing that you will never be treated differently because of the color of your skin and how your treatment by other human beings will not be affected by the color of your skin. I think that we can go back in history and pick apart why we 
as white people feel the need to treat people differently because they look different than us. And it's this superiority complex that this country has given to white people because of the past leaders that we've had um, that give some white people permission to just think that they're the shit and think that they are truly better than other people that look different than them. And I will never, ever, ever be able to wrap my head around that. Being someone that has made an active effort to diversify my friend group as I left my small hometown and to really educate myself and realize that real America is not a bunch of white people. Real America, we were, we're literally a melting pot of so many different cultures. People traveled here to have freedom. We pride ourselves in that. But for some reason, our actions do not match up to that pride. And not everybody has that pride because some people truly do hate other people that do not look like them. And again, that will, some, that will be something that I will never be able to wrap my head around, in all honesty. But once I got out of my small town, even though I did go to college in a small town as well, just being in a different area with other people coming from other different areas too, being in a college town, and also just traveling um, to other places outside of North Carolina where I live, the real world does not look like a bunch of white people. And if you have eyes and have traveled outside of the place that you grew up, you know that as well. So we really need to use that perspective and understand that these issues and these people are part of our country. And it's up to us to acknowledge what's wrong and to fix it. The first step in fixing it is to acknowledge white privilege and how it is most definitely a thing. It's not a myth. It's something that we as white people use to our advantage when we don't speak out about these things, when we can simply just walk away from social media. Like that's totally practicing your white privilege, being able to just dismiss yourself and separate yourself from these issues. Because we as white people have that option. But black people who literally live in fear and in the truth that our nation doesn't fully stand by them, they have to live in that every day. And they don't have the privilege to walk away from those issues because it's their life. So the first step in fixing that problem is acknowledging the part we play in that. Acknowledging the part in white privilege that we perpetuate in terms of how we can step away from these issues and not use our voice. And just acknowledging the fact that things are not good. Things are not good. They have not been good for a long time. And we have to stop walking away from these conversations and literally sit in them, be uncomfortable, educate ourselves, read about our history, read about all the injustices happening across our nation and honestly in the world, and just open our eyes. That literally... Acknowledging the white privilege and opening your eyes is the first step you can take. The second step is educating yourself. Now, because all of this has been brought to the surface because of police brutality, honestly, since 2012, when Trayvon Martin was killed, this is when police brutality started to get a lot more media coverage and especially more discussion being had on social media surrounding this issue. Um, but because of recent events, um, police brutality is just one of the things that I can think about that people can be more educated on just because of what's been going on recently. 
So just breaking down the history of police brutality, if you look back on what our political system was built on, aka racism with slavery, but also our police system, police started off as slave patrol. The, you can literally look at a police badge now and the police badges that they would wear back when slavery was happening. It's same form, kind of like same vibes, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, so a lot of what the police force stands for was built on racism. Now, don't get me wrong. There are definitely many police officers out there that actually join the force so they can improve it or be a better symbol for the police force. But until there are major changes made within our criminal justice system and within our police system, people are going to associate police as one unit of people. People are going to say F the police. People are going to put blame on the police. And until there are major changes with, made within the system, that's going to continue to happen. And we can't be surprised when that happens. Police brutality has been a thing for such a long time. But like I said, when Trayvon Martin was killed, more protests and um, more of a voice was given to the black community because of social media, which I think is really awesome. And which is why I think social media is great when it comes to advocating and spreading awareness for issues like this. A lot of people debate that social media is very biased, but all of the news outlets and media outlets are also biased. So while I do believe that there is a right to fact check things that you see on social media, even now when you can directly link people to certain news articles, social media I definitely think should be included as a source of education for people. And also so many black people use social media so you can see and hear their voices directly um, outside of just protesting and like hearing their voices in person. So I think that social media definitely should not be written off when it comes to ways to educate yourself. I definitely see the value in going to news sources first, but we can't completely write social media off when it comes to these things. Another part of education is being able to go to your black friends or go to the black community and say, hey, what can I do for you? You know, not asking them how to fix it because that's on us to educate ourselves, to go back in history, to connect the dots, to talk to our white friends and say, hey, why is this happening? What can we do to make this better? But also just being there, showing up for your black friends and saying, hey, like, I'm doing this, this, and this. What more can I do? Or, you know, literally just a few minutes ago, I texted one of my friends that, you know, said something about some things that people were posting. And I said, hey, if I'm using my voice in not the best way, please let me know and I will make adjustments. Just literally just being open and honest and vulnerable about having these conversations. Um, I know that, like I said, it's not necessarily our job to go to the black community and say, and like ask them what to do. Um, which is why I didn't have any of my black friends on this podcast because I feel like I'm educated enough to share, you know, my knowledge. But also, like, every time something like this happens, we can't run to the black community and say, oh, my gosh, what now? Like, what do we do? Help. Because that's not their responsibility. You know, they've been, they've been telling us what to do for many years. So I think another great way to become educated is just to listen to your black friends. Listen to the black community listen to their stories, listen to what they feel, listen to how they feel, because we will never, ever, ever 
get to experience that as white people. We will never feel the same anger, the same sadness, the same helplessness, the same worry that the black community carries every single day and has carried for centuries. It just, we have to listen. We have to listen. I think it's great to use our voice as well. And I think if you know how to use it properly, you need to use it, which is literally what I'm doing right now. But at the same time, there comes a time when it's not about us. It really never is about us. It never was about us. So it's really important to listen to your black friends, to listen to the black community, to listen to black stories, just to make them feel heard. Because when they don't feel heard, when they're peacefully protesting, when they're sharing their heart with the world and all that's happened to them, and then we see riots, we can't be surprised that things turn violent because we aren't listening. We need to listen. That's a huge part of education. That's a huge part of using our white privilege for good. A lot of white people had something to say about Colin Kaepernick kneeling and how they were so hateful towards that very peaceful act of standing up for what he believed in. And I truly believe that that was such a great and powerful movement that he started by taking a knee. And while that seems so disrespectful to some people, it's not about the troops. It's not about the national anthem. It's not about being malicious. It's about calling attention to, is our country really free if some people in our community are dying? Like, it just... It doesn't make sense as to why people were so outraged about that. And now they're saying that, you know, rioting shouldn't be happening and there's ways to peacefully protest. Well, you had a problem when people were peacefully protesting to begin with. So you can't pick and choose what you're going to be upset about. And we also cannot be surprised when people are taking peaceful strides to make a change and they're not being heard they're going to result to other means of being heard which is why i don't really have anything to say about the riots and the looting i think that obviously violence is violence and it can cause a lot of issues but at the same time it's not my place as a white person to tell black people how they should be reacting to the injustices that are happening within their community if you also have a problem with looting and rioting i think it's fair to Add to the conversation how people riot when sports teams win and lose, how they literally burn cars and burn fires in the middle of the road, and how police don't really have too much to say about that, but they want to get involved when people riot for social justice issues, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, and I'm sure does not make a lot of sense to the black community, and further perpetuates the narrative that many police officers are racist and let white people get away with a lot more I think it's awesome when I see white people standing with black people, standing alongside them when it comes to protesting, when it comes to peacefully protesting or not. When I see white people out there with them, that is just awesome in itself. And it's proving that, hey, like we see what's going on. We see what's wrong with the system and we're going to fight with you. And I think that's just such a huge step to make. When I like drive down the road today, I literally am in my hometown right now. I drive down the road and I see both black and white people protesting on the side of the road with their Black Lives Matter posters and chanting. Like that is such a great way to use your white privilege for good and to use your voice for good. Not only just advocating for the black community on social media or alone, but standing with them is such a huge thing. And honestly, probably the best way that you can say, hey, 
I know I'm white. I know I have privilege, but guess what? I'm going to use it and I'm going to stand right here with you. I'm not going to stand in front of you. I'm not going to be quiet on the sidelines. I'm not going to only limit myself to social media. I'm coming with you and I'm going to spark change with you. What I mean by not standing in front of the black community is we don't want to speak over the black community. We don't want to overshadow their stories and their personal experiences because they're not ours. Um, I think, you know, posting on social media and advocating that way is great um, and leading movements is great. But at the end of the day, it is about the black narrative. It's about history. Um, and we want to make sure that we're supporting the black community, but we also want to make sure that we're not overstepping and we're not overshadowing their experience and the way that they are handling the injustices in our community. So after opening your eyes a little bit, broadening your perspective, being willing to have these conversations, educating yourself, acknowledging your white privilege, now you kind of have to understand the do's and the don'ts of white privilege. It's one thing to do all that and to educate yourself and to have a foundation of, okay, I know what's going on. Okay, I know that there needs to be change. Now what do I do? So let's go ahead and go through that. All right, so let's get into the do's and don'ts of being an ally and an advocate for the black community as a white person and using your white privilege for good. So one thing we don't want to do is stay silent, um, delete our social media and like to completely dismiss these things that are going on right now because that literally is just justifying our white privilege in itself. Um, being able to like just be like you know what we just need to take a step back from all of this we need to breathe we need to pray and listen praying is great and I'm all for religion but if you're gonna stand for a religion you need to make sure you're having some action to back that up you know so I would say like deleting social media not posting anything on social media is what you don't want to do not that that validates that you're an ally um, because a lot of people just share things just to share things and to make themselves look good but really just walking the walk on all different media platforms um, sharing different petitions that you can sign um, showing that you've donated to causes and inspiring people to do the same um, those are the things you do want to do. Um, using social media to your advantage as a white person by being able to show your support and um, really just show people how to be an advocate on those kinds of platforms. Now, I'm not saying that it stops there. I definitely think you should be showing up to different rallies and protests, just like I said, right alongside our black friends of color. Um, because that's really the best way to do it, to really show up and say, hey, I'm standing with you, I stand beside you, let's do this together. I think that's probably the biggest do of white privilege. That's how you show up, that's how you use your white privilege to your advantage. Another thing we don't wanna do is say, oh, I'm staying out of this, I'm choosing to stay out of politics. That's another way to let your white privilege just completely shine through. The fact that we as white people have the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm staying out of this one um, because that literally just defeats the whole purpose of using our white privilege for good. So choosing to stay in politics, choosing to have those conversations is definitely something that you wanna do to use your white privilege for good. Something else that we don't want to do is racial profiling. We don't want to assume things of our black friends because they are black. That goes back to just 
assuming things of people just because they look different than you. Um, We don't want to assume or defend why people are dying at the hands of our own police officers and going back saying, okay, well, why, why did he do that? Why did this police officer kill this person? We shouldn't even be asking those questions. We shouldn't even be saying why, because as long as you're alive and breathing, you have a reason to live and you have the right to live. So for us to go back and try to justify the situation, it's just not okay. It's simply not okay because it literally just dehumanizes the person that died at the hands of our own country's protection. So that's something that you definitely don't want to do because it honestly just defeats the whole Black Lives Matter movement by trying to dehumanize the person who was murdered. There's so many different layers to racism and it's not just police brutality. I could honestly do a bunch of different episodes on it, but this is just something that I'm speaking on now because it's the most prominent thing that's been going on in the media. Um, But there's literally just so many layers to racism, you know, racial profiling being one of those layers. And lastly, one thing we don't want to say is all lives matter. That's an argument that is just not valid because all lives will not matter until black lives matter. And the whole reason behind the black lives matter movement is because our police system is showing us that black lives do not matter. So there's no argument to all lives matter because black people are not included in that narrative. So what we don't want to say is all lives matter and we don't want to combat the black lives matter movement with that statement. That's showing our white privilege by saying, you know what, our lives matter too. We already know that. And the police system lets us know that because they protect us. And lastly, just tying this all into what innate stands for, which is transparency, authenticity, and being an advocate for everyone. I want to make sure that my black friends know that I am here and I am an advocate and I am an ally and you are included in that statement of you know, being transparent, authentic, and being your best self, like you're included in that. It's not just my white friends, it's my black friends too. It's my friends, my all of my friends. I don't limit it to just my white friends and my white community that listens to me. I want you to know that I am here and I want to help and be an advocate for you and be an ally to you. And also full disclosure, allyship towards the black community requires action. Um, and that looks a little bit different for everyone. But um, again, Google free, you can see how you can go online and take action to become more of an ally to the black community, but also the definition and what that looks like um, involves us listening to the black community and what they need. This all affects the mental health of the black community incredibly. And again, while I can't speak on that because I'm not a member of the black community, you know, I can already tell you just from experiences that I've heard from my black friends my therapist is black just saying that you know mental health is already such a taboo in their community us as white people are contributing to that we are incredibly impacting that aspect of their community Um, if you support mental health you need to support the black community I think we need to consider the black community and their mental health from what's been going on now and historically because we and me included will never understand what they go through and how they are treated and just everything that they have to go through because of the way that our country views their community and I can only imagine how that feels I will never fully understand and I will never be able to experience it and I think that just encapsulates white privilege that in itself you know all of this is incredibly devastating to them just to know 
that our country continuously puts in their face that they are not good enough, they are not worthy of their lives being considered, especially in moments where, you know, they need to be heard, where George Floyd is laying on the ground crying out for his mom as he's getting murdered. Like, it's just, you have to consider their feelings. Like, it's just the fact that our nation continues to dehumanize the black community is such a problem. So use your white privilege, stand up, use your voice, not only talk the talk, but walk the walk and just understand that so many people in this country do not have the same experiences that you do. And they do not experience the same fairness and equalness that you do. And just being able to honestly recognize that and accept that and own up to that is where it all starts. Also, you know, as a white person, I there's so much for me to learn. Even if I feel like I am the most educated person in the world, which I'm not, there's always something to be learned. So if anybody has any criticism for me based off of this episode, I welcome it with open arms. If you don't want to add anything or have any recommendations or whatever, that's totally fine too. I'm just opening the floor as a white person. Um, I'm here to listen and I'm here to learn. And if there's any better way that I can tell the story or explain white privilege, I would love to know. And I would love to open that door to anybody who has any criticism or advice or recommendations or lessons that need to be learned. So thank you guys so much for listening. I'm really glad that I could have this conversation. Obviously, having tough conversations is not something that I shy away from, especially when it comes to mental health. And I care about my black friends so much. I care about them being seen, them being heard, and I care about their mental health. And I just really want to let them know that I am here and I am willing to do anything I can to make sure that I can at least be a contributor to change and positive change at that. I'm going to include a lot of different resources that you guys can look to for more education, um, different articles, also to sign different petitions to get these leaders to really pay attention to the change that needs to happen. And I can also give you guys um, different charities and movements to donate to as well. Um, I posted about that on my social media not too long ago, Um, but I will lay all this out for you guys in posts and include this in all of the promotion I'm going to do for this episode. And if anybody has any questions, please feel free to come to me um, and I will educate you as much as I can in terms of how to take advantage of your white privilege and use it for good. So I hope that this helps in some way and um, I really hope that we can spark real change this time, <laughs> real change and um, just we got to be better. So I'm hoping that this small episode can, you know, maybe spark some thought and motivate people to want to educate themselves and become better. I will talk to you guys later.